Ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to the conference call. Battle on another front to discuss India's COVID fiscal response with Mr. Subhash Garg, ex-finance secretary, Government of India, hosted by Investor Capital Services. As a reminder, all participants line will be in the listen-only mode. And there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions after the presentation concludes. Should you need assistance during the conference call, please signal an operator by pressing star and zero on the touchstone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I now on the conference over to Mr. Mukul Kocha from Investor Capital Services. Thank you and over to you, sir. Uh, hi, thanks, Madan. Um, thank you, everyone. Good afternoon. Um, this is the Investex, uh, Investex strategy team, and we are pleased to host a conference call with uh, Mr. Subhash Chandragar, former Finance Secretary of India, to discuss potential fiscal response by the Government of India to the challenges facing the economy as it grapples with the largest health crisis ever faced by the country. Having played a central role in the budget-making process, both at the center and at the state level, Mr. Garg is uniquely aware of the issues involved in framing a response. Mr. Garg served, served as an executive director in the World Bank before joining the Union Government as Economic Affairs Secretary in 2017, with joint charge as Finance Secretary in 2019. In his long career as a public servant, Mr. Garg has been involved with the Central Finance Ministry since the year 2000 and also served as Principal Secretary Finance and Secretary Budget in the Government of Rajasthan in prior years. We are going to frame today's interaction with a brief discussion around government finances before we open up for Q&A. So just, uh, just very quickly, just to start off the discussion, with the additional impact of three weeks of uh, lockdown of GDP, uh, you know, most analysts will have to now redo the fiscal and GDP math uh, and need to get updated. Now, before yesterday, we were thinking more uh, modestly positive uh, GDP growth and uh, uh, fiscal deficit in the roughly uh, between 5 to 6%. Post this additional incremental uh, lockdown of three weeks, we are now likely looking at a negative uh, for the full year. Uh, in addition, uh, you know, you've also been writing that the government will need to borrow 4 to 5 lakh additional over what was planned uh, uh, when the budget was made. Uh, for FY21. So just to give our, our audience an idea, how do you estimate the fiscal math uh, will need to be updated now, uh, especially because you've also been writing that the, on the expenditure side, uh, we have very limited flexibility. Right. Thanks, uh, Mukul. Uh, the COVID-19 impact on the economy is very severe. We have had... Uh, 15 days of virtual stalling of economic activities for about 70% of the economy. Now, with the extension of the 3rd of May, it looks like that the April would be virtually a washout of similar nature, though some activities are likely to be permitted in some parts from 20th uh, onwards, but that would be marginal. So taking all these things together, it appears to me that in April alone we will lose about 5 to 6% of the annual GDP. 
that makes me believe and uh, and also taking into account that even in the months of may and june not full activity of uh, production of goods and services will resume so there would also be some losses of gdp uh, in these two months so i'm fairly clear that uh, though imf has yesterday said that india might actually have a positive growth of 1.9% or so i think we are going to end up with a contraction in 2021 how much of that uh, would be uh, it might range between 2% to 5% or even more so there is uh, a very bad year ahead of us this has big implications for fisc in this month alone uh, the bulk of the revenues on the indirect tax side which is the gst uh, as well as the vat on petroleum and other uh, products is very much hit i think this would be only about 25% to 30% of the monthly gst and the uh, petroleum taxes i spoke to couple of states where they are facing anything between 70 to 80% hit on the revenues so the taxation revenues of the central government are likely to get further um, adversely affected as some of you might have noted that um, the year 1920 also ended with uh, lesser revenues than even the revised estimate so it it is early to estimate but a, a loss of about 3 to 4 lakh crores on the revenue side alone is not an unlikely uh, possibility the disinvestment program is shattered in a way unless we devise uh, a very different strategy there might be also a lot of uh, revenue loss all this on the revenue side gives you a, gives you a lot of details uh, that the revenue collection would be less which will impact the uh, borrowing and on the expenditure side besides the, pro, uh, the package which the government of india announced so the garib kalyan package which actually might cost about 60 70000 crore oh, sorry to interrupt mr gas so this is the yeah. operator sorry Speak a little louder. We're not able to hear you clearly. Oh, I see. Uh, is it better? Ah, uh, no, sir. Now you're sounding very far away from the microphone. I'm very close. I don't know. Uh, I'll try still more loud. So, okay. on the expenditure side, is it better? Yes, sir. Please go. Uh, yeah, on the expenditure side, again. Besides the Garib Kalyan package, which might cost about seventy or thousand crore, the government of India will need to come up sooner to provide some succor to the MSME as well as the uh, workers who have lost more than ten crore of the workers seems to have lost their um, their jobs in this business, and there is also demand from the state government for additional support. So on expenditure aside, another three to four lakh crore. So taken together, I am looking at uh, a shortfall of close to seven to eight lakh, or maybe little more crore from the budget. That amounts to about four percent of GDP. So you, uh, 
are likely we had the fiscal deficit about 3.5% projected for this i am looking at about 7% of the fiscal deficit for the year 2021 do we have the delivery mechanisms today in place uh, to reach out to these segments the sme may be okay because uh, they 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 have access to the banking system but the urban poor or the migrant labor do we have mechanisms to reach out to them since since most of our mechanisms has actually in the past been tested uh, uh, in providing this site to rural india you are right uh, we uh, we have developed systems which are basically focused on the rural side and there also the indigent the destitute very poor essentially non workers whether it is the aged uh, women handicapped and others we have not provided um, support in the past to the workers when they lose jobs unlike the unemployment allowance etc which is there in many uh, developed countries likewise we have also as a public policy uh, been somewhat averse to provide grants to the private industry there been some support in the form of uh, export subsidies and things like that working capital support but by and large the grant support to the msmes and the businesses has not been in the uh, in the case, in india's case but the suffering which the businesses and the workers are currently undergoing is all on account of the public emergency which has been taken as a right decision to save lives but the consequence of that public emergency or the disaster health disaster is being suffered by them so there is a case for them to be provided the assistance and somewhere we need to make beginning any time if there is a deserving case now technically uh, logistically can it be done i think we can do it so uh, it's all indian indians now are practically reserve, uh, uh, recorded uh, their id with the with the aadhar system all workers are also identifiable in that way we have recently created when the pm kisan scheme was implemented the database for about 8 crore farmers i think we can do express registration based on the aadhar number for the workers who are losing jobs it should be fairly easy lot of them are already registered in as construction workers or as with uh, this on the various schemes of the msme it all need or ministry of labor it all needs to be organized together and in that case it's possible to be done likewise the businesses especially on the msme side while they don't have all of them have, don't have the access to the credit we have roughly about 18 million small and uh, businesses and informal businesses 
the formal credit from the banking system is available to less than one or less than ten million of them, but they can also be registered using these systems and provided a system. So I think we can do it. A beginning need to be made. Great. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for that, uh, sir. Now moving on to the funding side of, we we've got some picture of what needs to be done and the amount that needs to be done in your opinion. Now moving on to the funding side of this uh, this discussion. So you mentioned that seven to eight lakh crore of additional borrowing or additional funding will be needed. Uh, you've also been writing that the central government at least enjoys some latitude in, in access to market, whereas states, on the other hand, are a little hamstrung. So, so you just wanted uh, to sh for you to share with the audience some solutions around this and how can the state and the center collaborate in funding uh, some of the funding needs in this very exceptional year. Uh, you know, maybe RBI has to play a role in this. Maybe the legislation legislator gets involved. So, what is the solution to this uh, uh, level of uh, funding that the government uh, government needs, both at the center and state level? Right. So, uh, please, I think recognize first thing that this is an extraordinary demand on the credit system. Normally, the banks, the insurance companies, and others provide funding to the central government by subscribing to the central government bonds. That is the normal way of doing. The banking system is short on liquidity. Some liquidity is being provided by the reserve banks to them through LTRO and other facilities, but that is not enough for meeting the extraordinary demand which is uh, which is currently there. Extraordinary situations and demands require extraordinary solutions. You can't have uh, you can't manage that in the normal way. I'll just give you a parallel. So whenever the oil prices go up and we face problems in the market about availability of the foreign exchange, what do we do? We take out the oil demand and the reserve bank directly provides the facilities to the oil oil importing companies. So this is their kind of situation where this extraordinary demand has to be taken out of the normal system and the reserve bank, which can create credit. Um, need to provide that support directly to the government. You can do it by subscribing to the primary in the primary market, or you can do it indirectly by buying as much as needed from the secondary market in open market operations. And then the liquidity which becomes available to the existing holders of the bonds can be used to subscribe to the government of India bonds. I don't see any possibility or any advisability of loading on this extra demand to the normal system. If we do it, then we will have two big consequences. One, the cost of borrowing, not only for the government of India, but more for the state governments and the private sector will go up. Secondly, the private sector, the businesses which are affected so adversely, and need credit to revive and survive. Besides, uh, forget about growth for, uh, for surviving itself. They will not get that credit. So you don't want an outcome where the productive segments of the uh, economy are totally deprived of the credit, and it all ends up in the government hands, where uh, uh, and that too also at much higher cost of it. So I think the the right solution in my judgment is to take away this extraordinary demand out of the market and the reserve bank to provide direct support to the government.
So last question before I open up, uh, you know, uh, uh, to the audience for Q&A. Uh, um, so to, to do that, and once again, I'm taking off a little bit from what you've been writing. So you've been actually writing that not only government supply, but maybe some sort of private uh, private uh, purchases by the RBI may also be needed. In this case, that's just because, you know, uh, very logically you've been saying that the banks may not just be up to taking the level of risk that's needed in this environment. Uh, so, to do this, for RBI to be able to do this, uh, is there any legislation uh, change needed, both to buy government paper and and under extraordinary circumstances, even buying risky private paper? So, the uh, Reserve Bank of India, by its uh, law, is allowed to sort of buy the uh, private sector paper. There is nothing in the law which prevents it. In fact, uh, for many, many years before this, these kind of arrangements were discontinued, the Reserve Banks used to, uh, Reserve Bank used to even discount the uh, bills of the uh, private businesses. They, there were uh, a number of lines of refinancing to, uh, to industrial banks, to ICICI, to housing banks, and to many others. So it's not a conventional. Uh, what the government, what the Reserve Bank has never done is to buy the bonds directly so far. That has not been the case um, uh, as, as yet. But I don't see there being any bar in the act. As far as the government of India uh, direct subscription is concerned, we now have a FRBM law, Fiscal Responsibility and Budget Management Act, that restricts the Reserve Bank to provide uh, accommodation directly to the central government. Uh, the law says that only up to 0.5% of the uh, GDP, the RBI can buy directly from the government. And that also in situations where FRBN Act has been, the escape clause in the FRBN Act has been used. So there is a legislative uh, uh, sort of difficulty to subscribe directly to the uh, government of India bond at, at present. But then the law is as good as uh, the government wants it to be. This can be amended uh, anytime. This can provide for it. And we can go back to what we used to do earlier in the war time in 1940s and 50, uh, 45, the Reserve Bank directly supplied uh, currency to the uh, to the government. And until 1990, uh, the government of India had hawk treasury bills were directly subscribed to by the Reserve Bank. I don't recommend going to that kind of uh, uh, usual solutions, but for extraordinary circumstances in which we are today. I think if the law is amended, we can we can start uh, doing it, and that would be quite justifiable. For buying the private bonds directly from the Reserve Bank, it's only a question of practice. What my assessment is that the the credit system in India has been quite reluctant to lend to the uh, private sector. What you see today also. Uh, as much as about 5 lakh crore of liquidity of the banks is with the Reserve Bank in the reverse repo. This is not what the outcome was expected. Um, so they are not lending. The 
catastrophe has affected the credit of many many private entities which makes me think that the banks will be increasingly more reluctant to lend to the private sector in such circumstances it's worth its while to think of what in many other countries the practice is that the central bank buys the corporate bonds it will, it will be a new thing but it seems again necessary in the circumstances i think the reserve bank should experiment with this with this uh, in this crisis uh so thank you very much so uh, you know i'll step back uh, uh, for some time now and i'll let you know the participants uh, quiz you on your uh, with their questions uh, uh operator can we build up a queue and uh, open it up for you thank you ladies and gentlemen we will now begin with the question and answer session anyone wishing to ask a question please press star in one on your touch tone telephone If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star into participants are requested to use handset while asking a question. Ladies and gentlemen, you will wait for a moment while the question queue assembles. So let me, uh, in the meantime, as the queue gets built up, just ask your question, which somebody emailed me. So this is as good as a participant asking, I guess, uh, while the queue builds up. Uh, so the question is, you know, uh, the transmission of fiscal announcements uh, that the government has made so far, uh, they've not reached the SME and NBFC businesses. Uh, this in turn has increased the cost of financing, uh, financing for these uh, these funds. Uh, what are the possible recourses for SMEs to force mature and not pay? Uh, without impacting their civil ratings so this is also again a take off on you know some of the questions that i have been asking is there any you talking uh, about the uh, uh, the kind of moratorium and some other uh, facilities announced by the reserve bank and some of the uh, uh, i don't think this relates to the taxation uh, related uh, moratorium with the government I, i i don't think there is any dispute about it but what was expected that the moratorium on servicing of installments uh, um, and the payment of the business credit and all would be uh, would not be insisted on for 3 months or so there are number of reports which suggest that the the nbfcs have not got this kind of facilities especially when wherever they have uh, sort of securitized the insurance into the asset based kind of securities uh, where the problems are there the smes i haven't heard uh, with direct whoever has got the direct facility from the bank not getting it but certainly some of the ndfcs who are not getting funds from the banking system might be uh, sort of acting with this task so this this is a real life situation I think the Reserve Bank is considering how to extend the moratorium to the NBFC. It's a difficult call because of the complications of the type I spoke about. Uh, but in, in the end, any moratorium is not actually a final solution. Moratorium is only a temporary solution. What actually we need is that the uh, the working capital which many of these entities have lost. they should get that money 
Now, that is where the question of credit supply comes. I think the only way we can handle is to banks to become somewhat more sort of risk-taking and giving it. And secondly, if they don't want to do that, at least they can lend to the NDFCs and all, which in turn can provide the finances to the SMEs and all. I think that's, in my judgment, the way forward, but it's a very difficult situation. Got it, sir. So, uh, operator, if you can just, uh, you know, uh, just announce again. Otherwise, I will go with another question that somebody will email me. Participants, if you wish to ask a question, you may please press star in one. A reminder to the participants of the conference, anyone wishing to ask a question, okay, please press star in one. The next question is in the line of Seguram Shiji from Thirumalai Chemicals Limited. Please go ahead. Yeah, I was uh, looking at a possibility on the revenue side where is it possible to insulate India and uh, uh, operate at the levels of February, March uh, for the next uh, six months or seven months by uh, collecting something like a, a COVID-19 Levi uh, on all uh, imports that come into India and uh, fund those uh, Levi from a special banking system and take this money into uh, yeah, relief measures that can be that can be done. It's some kind of a circular financing, and uh, that insulation of the country to encourage the domestic manufacturing as well as domestic demand, as well as meeting the domestic demand, possibly with would throw some amounts from the revenue side. Is that a workable idea? Thank you very much. I think one has to think on these kind of uh, solutions, but one will have to test their uh, uh, practicalities as well as what it can yield. To respond to your first part of the question, that the uh, or the suggestion that the import may be subjected to some kind of COVID levy, uh, please remember our the our current customs revenues annually are only about 1.2 lakh crore out of total revenues of about 22 lakh crores. Number one, this is a small. Second, okay. the, the, the currently, because of this uh, kind of stoppage of activities at ports and all, the imports are actually not taking place for much. So there is further expectation of the imports actually going down substantially in the year to come. The WTO has already estimated that it might be it might lose about 13 to 30 percent of kind of international trade. So my expectation, my sense of uh, the potential revenue from this source seems quite limited. But the second part of the suggestion which you made, uh, that a kind of make in India 
sort of policy preference to my mind that seems more likely to happen in way things are evolving you would have lot of risk averseness in exports and imports you would also have lot of risk averseness in importing from certain countries and all that kind that that kind of uh, risk is also building up we can use this for sort of giving boost to our make an india program that would be good for our industry but the one thing which we need to resolve there and that is very important to my mind indian industry is non competitive for various reasons i'll give you one example the power grid applicable to industry in the commercial sector is one of the highest in the world and they are they actually cross subsidize the residential and the agriculture so we make our industry non competitive by charging the extra power which forces people to install the captive power plants and other kind of things which is further costly likewise land labor taxation and many other things we have made our industry non competitive i think we should use this opportunity to review all these policies and make indian industry competitive which will serve what you were saying the goal of making more in india thank you thank you uh yeah okay so please announce otherwise uh, i have the name is another question i can go with that please Sure. Participants, if you wish to ask a question, you may please press star in one. A reminder: this is the participants. If anyone wishes to ask a question, may please press star in one. The next question from the line of Amit Jain from Samsung Asset. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi sir. Thanks for taking my question. I joined the call a bit late, um, so I don't know if you already covered this. But in your mind, to what extent can, given the fiscal deficit that's going to happen because of the lockdown itself, can the government sort of give a stimulus? And uh, if you were still the finance secretary, in which area would you sort of target that towards, uh, especially from a from a uh, uh, industry perspective? I mean, I understand. Uh, over and above, obviously, needs to be given, but um, over and above that, where do you think the stimulus needs to be given as well? Right. Thanks again. Um, see, I I uh, have said this uh, in the past, and I want to emphasize again: we are not actually looking at any stimulus kind of situation right now. It's a question of survival and revival, right? most prominently survival at this moment much of our industry uh, is going to be adversely affected especially on the service side lot of services will face tremendous amount of strain going forward look at the transportation services uh, look at the hospitality services the this business will be totally different they have invested lot of money they are not going to get that kind of turnover in business in going time to come their cost will increase likewise even the traditional real industry 
and the construction is facing whole lot of problems. So I think the first part of the package, which which is a survival package, should be directed towards the industry which has faced adversity because of this COVID-19 and the lockdown. The support has to be of two types: some grant support from the government of India to cover the losses, some part of the losses which they have suffered, at least to cover. the wages and uh, the working cap uh, the, the working expenses like maintenance rent etc as i said in the previous session the government of india has not done it in the past but it's worth doing it so that is the first part of the package you cover that the second part of the survival package is to help the workers there are more than 10 crore estimated i think you looked at the numbers the cmi puts in for uh, the uh, the rate of the growth in the workers participation in the employment rate for the time being there is an employment degrowth of about 8% to 9% very high rate of the uh, growth which is which also uh, support the same claim which i am saying 8% of our population is also about 10 to 11 lakh 11 crore people you need to provide some support to them so that is the second area where the survival package goes uh, should go on the third part is the vulnerable sections of the society for which the package has been announced which may have to be somewhat strengthened further but not so i think these these are these are the three sort of sequential priorities to my mind the workers who have lost the businesses who are suffering and finally the vulnerable sections and that once we survive this crisis then the credit system can take over to support the growth of the uh, growth of the industry so understand but how much do you think the government can spend i mean there there is obviously a limit to the amount they can monetize right yeah i bet i said uh, in the first section i am looking at uh, close to about 3 lakh crore of additional expenditure about 4 lakh crore of uh, for the five lakh crores of the revenue side shortfall so the government will have to willingly sooner or later go for additional borrowings of about 7 to 8 lakh crore there is no escape to my mind right so basically you're talking of about 2 to 3% sort of extra absolutely 3% minimum 3 to 4% of the gdp But in, if I look at numbers that most people talk about, we're talking about a 10 percent sort of hit to the economy given the sort of lockdown for a 45 day period, roughly. Um, do you think the 3 to 4 percent is good enough, or because if you look at other countries, they're probably talking much more? See, I have been little uh, conservative in my sense. Uh, we have estimated only up to. what the losses might be in april and may if the lockdown continues further or the disruption caused continues further this might be much more both on the revenue side and as well as the expenditure requirement but for the time being i think we uh, should not be excessively alarmist a um, 7 to 8 lakh crore Uh, of the additional borrowing requirement is what the government should plan if the things worsen as go as we go along it can further be revised 
we are only in the month of april the budget has was supposed to commence only on the 1st of april we have already seen the budget falling apart so let us plan for the best case situation at this moment which might be about 7 to 8 lakh crores to 3 to 4% but if things worsen we can plan for further uh, necessity sure thank you this one last question from my side is anath um, is there a worry that if it is that if it is 8 to let's even 10 lakh crores uh, of borrowing uh, the currency sort of the forex currency itself will sort of depreciate much from here would that worry you at all or that's not a worry see currency uh, worry is uh, is there but it's not entirely dependent on the fiscal deficit uh, all the countries on the other side are also expanding their fiscal expenditures if the inflation returns there uh, and the inflation is there here also it it should cancel out and then there are uh, the foreign currency is more related to the demand for the imports and exports we have seen the oil prices crashing quite a lot we have substantial bills uh, or requirement of the foreign exchange for payment of the uh, uh, of the uh, foreign exchange our imports are much higher than our exports so if the imports cost go down and some of the imports don't take place for example the power sector requirement has gone down because of the uh, demand being less this has put some uh, lower uh, import on the coal side likewise the james uh, jewelry and so what what seems to me is that the foreign exchange front the demand and supply for dollars is not going to change very adversely for us i don't see uh, larger uh, kind of uh, depreciation there secondly with this kind of stimulus which is happening in the uh, in in the in the advanced countries with americans american central bank balance sheet already exceeding 6 trillion dollars and many other country going in there would be surplus or there would be a lot of liquidity with the american american and the saw uh, farms abroad which they can't use entirely in the uh, in the country there i see some demand would be coming back to invest in countries like india and china what you have noted probably that in last 7 8 days fpis have started buying in the country as against what was the one display uh, of two or three weeks back in the, in the month of march when they sold out very heavily so i am not too worried about the foreign exchange front at this stage Sure, thank you. I'll jump back to you for more questions. Thank you. The next question is on the line of Vichen from GIT. Please go ahead. Hi. Ah, uh, thank you. I think I've just answered uh, the question I want to ask. Ah, uh, it's about the adequacy of foreign exchange in in the time when exporters are not able to export. I have another question, but this is not this girl. This is more about the COVID-19 um, uh, situation. I just wonder whether you can uh, answer the, my my query that why is it so difficult for the Ministry of Health to release the number of cases by district level on a regular basis? 
What did you say? The why is it difficult to monitor the cases on the district basis? Why is it so difficult for Ministry of Health to release the number of COVID cases by district level? I, this this was not transmitted to me very well. Uh, Find this. Sir, sir, I can. Subhash, I can. I can sort of you know step in and and relay the question. So what the participant is asking is uh, why is it difficult for the health ministry? to uh, uh, uh to relay district level case numbers on a regular basis so I why can't they do district level case uh, uh, case uh, disclosure of covid cases on a regular basis right <coughs> i think it's uh, the way uh, things work so the you, the health ministry is giving the state wise data the state state for giving district wise data and now what the prime minister has announced as part of this uh, lockdown extension that in next 7 days it will be monitored not only at the district level but at the police station level which is a further lower down so i think the data would now be available uh, at much lower level even at the, at the district level i think the data is there but it can be made available and should be made available this is going to be helpful in judging which area to be opened on 20th of uh, of of april for economic activities limited what it may be which area not to be done incidentally it's not very heavy incidence of covid uh, cases here so i expect a large number of areas on 20th of uh, 20th of april to be found fit for some limited opening and that should start some activities on the economic side okay thank you thank you thank you a reminder to the participants anyone wishing to ask a question please press star in one The next question is from the line of Kaushik Pal from Manual Life. Please go ahead. Yes, hi sir. Uh, am I audible? Yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah. So uh, two questions. One is the direct monetization that you uh, spoke about. Obviously, the market, the bond market, will not have the kind of appetite. Uh, you know, the, the kind of shortfall that is there. This is truly unprecedented times. But I'm just trying to understand from you that. what is the likely uh, you know institutional uh, inertia that might exist to monetize such a large amount of uh, government borrowing uh, by the rbi that is you know your take on that um, and secondly on the currency front obviously we we had uh, a few questions on that and discussion just would like to understand that at the current juncture Uh, is it not even uh, perhaps desirable to let the currency find its level because there will be a massive deflationary pressure uh, as a result of this lockdown because of the demand destruction and uh, perhaps you know some bit of uh, you know uh, depreciation of the INR is not such a bad idea at a time like this uh, to boost exports later So your take on maybe these two things. Right. 
I think uh, the first part is interesting. The institutional laziness. In fact, if the institutional laziness is the is on display, the solution should be the the first solution and should have been taken up so far. The Central Bank in India has been and rightly so quite very off the inflationary pressures. I think this is what is worrying them. Uh, but if you would have looked at the commentary from the last monetary committee meeting, also the inflation worries are much less on the minds of the uh, monetary committee members, and the disruption which it causes to the larger system. If you try to borrow this requirement from the market, I think sooner or later. the reserve bank uh, will overcome this kind of institutional laziness and i think will come around uh, what perhaps is being watched is that how serious is the impact on the economic activity and how serious is the uh, is the is the impact on the tax revenues and the expenditure commitment of the government is this requirement turns out to be of the order of 7 to 8 lakh crores which i spoke i think the reserve bank will accept and come around that the best solution in the circumstances is to do uh, to uh, is to take care by way of the uh, of, of the provision of direct liquidity or direct subscription on the on your suggestion about the uh, some depreciation helping the exports kind of situation uh i think uh, they they no defense of the level you know uh, in fact the reserve bank ended up buying some currency last last two weeks so uh, there is no uh, no attempt to defend we have already depreciated somewhat we are somewhere around the level of 75 to 76 uh, uh, dollar but more than that the real economy uh, is what <clears throat> what will need to come will have to be assessed whether we will have the export industry come up and start exporting whether the countries which receive our export as import are prepared to do it whether the international trade system becomes normal what kind of uh, things are on display as far as the sensitivity of the import of a concern why those questions are going to be more uh, determining the state of exports than the mere currency i don't think we can boost the export only by following a policy of uh, very uh, depreciated uh, uh, rupee uh thank you uh, one more question on on what you said on uh, uh, you know perhaps hopefully many districts opening up so just to understand this that if if we are unable to open up the more densely populated urban areas and i'm not just talking about the main metros perhaps some right. even even the non metro cities and there are many of them uh, if if that is the case then many of the smaller cities tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 towns are actually Uh, economic activity is dependent on uh, to a large extent on the bigger cities so if 
if it is so that we open up the uh, smaller cities but we are not able to open up the bigger cities in a big way uh, do you foresee that there will be second order impact even after some relaxation on on growth on this which will continue see the way the uh, supply chains are organized today the way the business operates you can't actually work uh, in a system where part partly somewhere it functions partly somewhere it doesn't function uh, so sooner or later i think we will have also have to have a policy of dividing the cities and the metropolitan areas into smaller parts defined containment zones in a uh, more localized sense and then open up the rest of the metropolitan and bigger cities as well as for the business with of course the uh, due protection for uh, the social distancing and other containment measures i uh, agree with you and your concern that in such a case if this happens the way you uh, uh, you fearing it to be i think we will have uh, sub optimal consequences so sooner then later i expect the policy to be more normalized with activity not taking place only in the containment zones or the hot spots of the city right okay thank you sir thanks thank you thank you the next question is in the line of anuj netani from coromandel international limited please go ahead thank you sir uh, my question is with respect to agriculture now since uh, the demand for processed agri products uh, has come down production as well as consumption so do you foresee any uh, impact on the agriculture income as well see in the agriculture right agriculture uh, farm level the situation is not as easy as sometimes it appears to be that agriculture has been exempted and things are going on there there is lot of local local problems in the agriculture industry uh, what i have heard is that the the vegetable industry or vegetable farms are suffering quite a lot because of the inability to farm some of the bigger farms have been able to harvest but there are a lot of farms who have not been able to harvest and the demand uh, is the industry which is the processing industry is not to process uh, you heard the case where uh, even somewhere the the flour mills are not operating because of the confusion whether flour mills are exempted i think the order which has been issued today makes things much more clear and hopefully the agriculture related activities would become more normal from 20th april certainly is not sooner but there is pain in the agriculture side also uh, of uh, earlier the plantations were in a problem but they are now being opened up so there is a difficulty in the agriculture side as well and the economy of all the linkages again if the agriculture doesn't get the input from the industry then there is a problem so i hope uh, the agriculture situation fortunately what we have is that we have to harvest ravi the kharif is little far in the day we have one to two months or three months in some cases available so hopefully the agriculture situation would be uh, normalized 
and if we can sort out which now with the opening up or relaxation on truck movement and all the vegetable fruits and dairy industry also can can be taken care so there would be limited losses on this farm side uh sir one more question related to this uh, any challenge you see on the procurement side because some of the state governments have come up with 100% procurement scheme but uh, does their fiscal math allow them to uh, or the infrastructure allows them to procure the entire quantity see the procurement system is uh, is somewhat non functional uh, which is what you see in the prices even when the reduced arrivals are there in the mandi the prices are much less than the uh, the msp that suggests to us very clearly that the uh, the farmers and the crops are not being procured fully and farmers are being forced to sell at lower prices in the mandi that situation to the uh, for the time this dysfunctional dysfunctionality continues might continue i think what at this moment we should do with the government of india has also suggested to the state is to review and if possible eliminate the mandis at this uh, the the the, uh, the agriculture marketing produce act there is no need to subject the farmers to the uh, wondrousness of bringing the crops to the mandis and then it to be sold it's inefficient so farmers can be given the choice to sell wherever they like and this is the opportunity if we can utilize this i think we will be doing a much better service to the farmers in times to come okay thank you sir thank you thank you the next question is on the line of saurabh from dairy classic ice cream private limited please go ahead yeah thank you very much uh, sir i have couple of questions one is what is your view on the state level finances uh, especially considering many states are in worse shape than the center what do you feel might happen and how uh, they can actually raise money for their own schemes or how some of the states can actually uh, in fact uh, uh, to the my understanding many states may even might even struggle to uh, also have make the fixed payment So what is your view sir overall right i think this is very legitimate question the states of facing more serious situation the states revenues are let us say basically two sources the states own tax revenues come from the sources which are suffering the most the petroleum sector gives them lot of revenue the excise which is the duty on sale of liquor is suffering very badly the registration of the houses and the vehicles is virtually uh, down so i have heard that some of the states actually so as far as their own revenue is concerned are only getting about 80 or uh, 10 to 20% of their monthly revenue that's a terrible situation the they get about 60% of their revenue from the central government or 40% of their revenues in the central government transfers many states get that some states get larger so there also the central government own revenue revenues when they suffer are likely to see a short 
shortfall to them. There is a guarantee for the CGST uh, or the SGST, the state GST, to be compensated to the extent of 14% normal growth. But what we have seen is that even last year's compensation has not been paid fully. So there is a uh, severe crisis at the state level. Their expenditures are actually going up much more. They are they have to provide for food. They have, many of them are providing some assistance to the uh, workers and others. So their expenditures are going up. So the states are finding quite difficult to manage the situation in the current circumstances. The government of India has relaxed uh, borrowing rules for the, for them. They have given half a percent more leverage, and the borrowings are being allowed to be front-loaded. The experience of raising borrowings uh, of such larger magnitude has has not been very happy either. You saw the Kerala government borrowing 15 years money at about 9% rate of interest. So uh, the states need to be handheld this time. They, there are only two short-term measures which need to be given. One, the central, uh, the central government need to raise the borrowing limits of the RBI, by the way, has helped the states by raising the ways and means advance limits and also the overdraft limits sometimes. That will help them to, to manage the situation temporarily. The central government also needs to allow further borrowing as well as, to my mind, part of the borrowing which they, and whenever they do it from the central, uh, central bank directly, I think they should release part of that to the state government. We have stopped the system of central government giving loans to the state government. But again, as the extraordinary times require extraordinary solutions, this, to some extent, may have to be resorted to at this time. I think you are right. The states are facing very difficult situation, and we have to manage it in the manner I suggested. Okay, so thank you. So my second question is on government of India suggestion to the industry that uh, industry should not cut any workforce and they should not cut the salaries either. So when it's a question of you know survival for especially non-essential industries. Uh, in your opinion, how feasible is the solution, uh, especially when there is no back back end support from government on this front? Right. So, see, this is an advisory from the government of India. This is not a legal direction. The central government cannot issue any legal direction to that effect, and that's what they have done. I have seen that letter which the Labour Ministry has issued. That is an advisory request. Now, I think. The industry which can manage to support their workers for some time, the big industry and all, they are heeding it and they are, they are providing that. But bulk of the industry and the enterprises which are in the SMEs uh, and that kind of thing, who, who have lost their turnover, cannot be expected to actually uh, give any kind of uh, salary to the, uh, to the workers when they don't have the revenue. So in my judgment, a lot of companies in the small and the medium sector and the informal sectors are unlikely to provide the services. That is, uh, the, to the, the wages to their workers. In construction businesses, as we know, most of the employees of workers are paid based on what the contractor gets. So if the contractor doesn't get anything, they can't be expected to pay them. 
so i don't think this uh, uh, will work uh, in in large number of cases and therefore there is a necessity for this fiscal response to be brought in and cover the wages to some extent for the period for which the wages is lost that we discussed in the uh, earlier part of this segment so i don't want to repeat but there is no escape and there is no justification to my mind not to provide this kind of support to the industry for the workers oh thank you thank you thank you a reminder to the participants anyone wishing to ask a question may please press star in one the next question is from the line of ritesh shah from investec please go ahead yeah hi sir thanks for the opportunity uh, a couple of questions uh, so my first question is uh, looking at uh, the state of fiscal and central fiscal deficit uh, plus you indicated uh, another 6 to 7 lakh crores uh, sir do you fear a rating downgrade uh, for the country uh, based on your past experience and learning sir please highlight that i think the rating question this this is not only for india if the rating agencies go by their normal framework lot of countries in in the world will probably be looking for uh, or 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 facing a kind of down grade i don't think the rating agencies would take that uh, kind of step rating agencies should also be sort of viewing this as the extraordinary situation and maybe to some extent uh, for the lack of better words suspend the rating action on account of what the impact is they should wait for longer uh, period for those economies which are not able to come back let us say one year from now uh, and who have messed up which i don't think would be the case with india so those only should face some rating action you saw what sebi has done it has advised the rating agencies in the country not to downgrade uh, based on the uh, defaults or based on the situation of the next two or three months i think that reasonable approach will have to be taken i don't think we should uh, be factoring into this as a factor for worrying at this moment we should work with them uh, to avoid or to sort of disregard uh, this extraordinary period for the performance uh, sir when we look at it from a government's perspective uh, basically does the government also think the same way because uh, even post demon uh, the government didn't uh, lighten up the fur and they have been quite tight on the fiscal side uh so how does the government approach it it seems like they are they're quite concerned on the rating side given snp has been threatened in november of a potential downgrade uh so uh, will the government also be thinking of similar lines to the government to my mind uh, is always concerned about the macroeconomic stability of the country this incidentally feeds into what the rating agencies uh, assign right but the government cannot be oblivious or the government cannot disregard the the special situation with a, which such a massive tragedy or catastrophe or disaster like covid-19 create 
So I don't think it would be at the top of the mind of the, anybody in the government that how the rating agencies would react. By the way, for India, as far as we are concerned, even our borrowings, uh, the sovereign borrowings are not there in any case. The sovereign doesn't borrow abroad. And the sub-sovereigns who borrow, the rates don't reflect what the rating of the country is assigned by the, uh, it's much better than what it is. So I don't think government would be worried at this moment about uh, the rating action. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, so my second question is, uh, in the prior question, you did indicate about uh, the state finances, the probably RBI is stepping in and raising uh, means advances. Uh, sir, why is it not possible that the government just relaxes uh, the FRBM limits? Because I was just reading through this, the WMA, the tenure is only 90 days to work, and the thing is, uh, right. is, that, is, is that a solution? So basically for certain states like Telangana, I mean, the situation is quite... Uh, uh, then, sir, what is the solution going forward? Uh, otherwise, the expenditure will definitely be a uh, challenge for a lot of states. So, you, uh, we discussed this. The government of India has already relaxed for the last year up to 0.5%. Uh, today, the, the institutional arrangement is that all these states have their own FRBM laws. In those FRBM laws, they have provisions about what kind of fiscal deficit they can run what kind of guarantees they can give for borrowing. So, uh, and the government of India relates because they, uh, the, the states do not have access to either uh, to, to monetize its deficit or to go, and therefore there's been a policy of the government of India, a very clear policy that the state's borrowing should be limited. That works for the normal time. Now these are the requirements I think the government of India, they have already indicated that the shortfall of revenue will perhaps have to be made by the uh, the additional borrowing. Uh, so sooner or later when the numbers come in for April and all, and the situation becomes clearer, I think the government of India is going to further relax the FRBM for the current year, for the state. That's helpful. Last question. Uh, I do understand that dollar availability in the global markets is pretty deep. Uh, what are the measures you think, like uh, U.S. swap lines or anything, uh, the variables or to what ECB does, uh, will actually uh, solve this issue around uh, dollar availability? Uh, and what I was trying to connect is the impact uh, the dollar availability will have. Uh, on the Indian corporates which have uh, debt which is maturing over next to six months. Uh, should one look at this, sir? So I think the, uh, the Fed has taken a lot of steps to provide swap lines to everyone, including emerging market countries, uh, including India. Uh, I think is, this is no longer an issue uh, currently. And as far as India's importers and, uh, are concerned, they need to buy the dollars in the domestic market. Some of them borrow abroad, which is true. Uh, we, we were very active in ECB markets for last year or so. I see some, uh, somewhat because the, the swap rates have gone up, that there might be some reluctance to access the uh, the ECB markets and the bond markets by the corporates for some time. 
but for their import needs i think the adequate amount of foreign exchange would be available and the rbi has uh, reasonably a reasonable firepower with it and with the swap line available and the facility also available of sort of borrowing against the uh, rbi's holding in the fed i think we will not face the uh, the face any problems on this issue on this score Great. Uh, thank you so much uh, for the answers. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Gaurav. Yeah, ma'am. Lajan, do you want to announce? I just have one question after that. Okay. We get some more. Sure, sir. You can proceed. Uh, Mr. Gaurav, uh, you know, uh, thanks a lot for spending um, uh, such a substantial amount of time with us. Just one quick question uh, from my side, and maybe we can take one more from participants. And so this is go- getting off the COVID uh, train a little bit. And given that you've been part of the finance industry for some time, I just wanted to, uh, you know, get your insight into how they are thinking. The last few budgets, you know, they've not been very market friendly. Uh, uh, you know, taxation has been raised, uh, you know, on on uh, on individuals as well. Uh, so just just a brief thought on how is the government thinking about revenue uh, uh, about. you know uh, uh, taxation especially when it comes to businesses about equity markets this uh, general thought around that since we had you on the line right so uh, it's not that the government has not been favorable to the business and business interest not being taken care of. what uh, the government did on corporate tax front brought down the rates to such low level i think those measures were aimed at helping the businesses uh, Uh, to sort of take up fresh uh, investment including bringing some of the investment which is abroad uh, but what i think you are referring to is uh, quite a few measures which have been taken the buyback tax or uh, super tax super rich tax etc uh, uh, some of these measures have hurt some decisions like uh, like tds on the foreign travel uh, purchases and things like are procedure heavy which is creating a lot of problems for people so i uh, while on the uh, basic policy uh, the government has been quite sort of uh, con- concerned about the, uh, the legitimate interest to the businesses maybe on the procedures and things like that and some uh, some measures uh, to raise little bit of extra revenue uh, may not have been very helpful so i think government reviews it from time to time uh, this feedback uh, possibly has reached the uh, the the government and maybe in times to come we can expect further easing of the procedures as well Thank you very much. That's all from my side. Uh, uh, I just uh, request that you can hang around for one announcement. If there's anybody in the queue uh, who's been waiting to ask a question, otherwise, uh, you know, we can wrap up the call today. Participants, in order to ask a question, you may please press star in one. Uh, Mukul, we don't have any more questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much for spending the time uh, for your invaluable insights on uh, the government's thinking and your thought process on how the country can deal with uh, this health crisis facing us. 
Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Mukul, and thank you to all participants for being so uh, uh, patient and listening to me. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll that we conclude today's conference. Thank you for joining us, and you may now disconnect your lines. Thank you.